Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome back to Everything New York Giants. I am your host, Adriana, and it is officially week one of the NFL season. We have made it. And in the last week with the Giants, there have been quite a few moves that have been made. So for today's episode, we're going to go through all of those first. We'll go through all of the updates. And then the team has released their first unofficial depth chart. So we'll go through that and just talk about any surprises. There are a few on there that I would like to dive into. And then after that, we are going through to a Titans preview because the Giants play the Titans. Ends at 4.25 p.m. this Sunday, and well, it's going to be interesting. So let's start with the updates and the roster moves. I won't go through all of them, but I want to talk about the most important one, which is about Blake Martinez, because I know a lot of us, myself included, if you saw my Instagram stories and TikTok, was I was pretty shocked by this. And the reason that I was shocked by it is not because he's coming off an injury. It's not because he's not the perfect fit for Wink's system. It's because we don't have a perfect person to back him up. Blake was not only a huge leader on the defense, he was a guy that was all over the field and making tackles. And obviously we missed him a ton last year when he got injured. So I know he's coming off the injury and that's a concern. But when there's not a lot of guys that we have right now that can do what Blake can do, it's a little concerning to me. Now again, I'm not the GM. I feel like I'm going to have to say this every episode <laughs> so people know that I have no clue what they're thinking. I am just going based off on what I've seen, what I know, and all of that kind of thing. So I think some people weren't surprised by it, and these are the reasons why. Blake wasn't a perfect fit for Wink's system. And not only that, it was a mutual decision. From what I've read and what I've seen coming out of it, Blake agreed with ownership that if he wasn't going to play, at least from what I've heard, it seems like 50% of the snaps, then what was the point? And look, I don't blame him for that. He wants to be on a team, I'm sure, where he feels like he's going to make a difference. And last year, if he played all 17 games, he would have made a huge difference for this defense. But this year, things are different. He's coming off an injury. He's got a whole new system. And it's not going to focus so much on that inside linebacker position. So it was a mutual decision. From, again, what I've seen and what I've read, I'm super disappointed to see him go. I loved Blake. I think he was a great giant. He was a good leader. He was a great guy on the sidelines. And I was, you know, devastated last year to see him injured, to see, you know, what our defense looked like before and after Blake. But it is what it is. I wish him the best of luck in his next move. And, you know, I hope that he is the Blake Martinez that we loved when he was on the Giants. I hope he's that again. I just hope it's not for the Cowboys or the Eagles. So please, Blake, don't go there. You can go anywhere else except those two teams. 
Anyway, there are a couple more updates. So the next one is that Coach Dable said that Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, is going to continue to call plays. Now, earlier in the year, Dable had said that he wasn't sure what they were going to do, and he ended up giving Kafka the mic and the opportunity to call the plays all throughout preseason. And Dable said that he liked what he did, and he feels that him and Kafka have a good relationship and they communicate really well. So if there are any concerns during the game when it comes to play calling capabilities and some of the things that Kafka has done. Dable has no problem communicating with him and telling him, you know, either asking why he did that or making suggestions, anything like that. So I'm sure that we will see that throughout this the season, although I do think that Shane and Dable and the fans, from what we've seen so far, we feel good about him calling the plays. And remember, we didn't see anything exciting in the preseason, but I think the regular season is going to be a new ball game for this offense. It's going to be creative. It's going to be different. It's going to be the opposite of what we've seen in the last couple of years. So I'm excited to see what Kafka does with them. And all I can tell you is that it there is a 99.99% chance Kafka will not be calling a quarterback sneak on the third and eight, pretty much from our own end zone. So we have that to look forward to now. <laughs> All right, let's move along to Leo Williams because it was announced today that his contract was restructured. Now, obviously, the Giants have had major cap issues for the last two years, which, of course, we can thank our buddy Dave Gettleman for that. But Leo Williams and and Kenny Galladay are those two big contracts that really have the Giants kind of just drowning in money. And there's not much that they could do about Galladay's right now with having a huge dead money cap hit. So I think to avoid that, they felt like Leo Williams was the right move and the right opportunity for them to make some changes. Now, Shane has also said that he didn't want to kick the bucket down the road, but I think he got to the point where he was feeling like, we don't really have any other options. We need someone like Leo on the team. We can't do anything about KG, so this is our best opportunity. So what they did was they converted $17.88 million of his base salary into a signing bonus. They added a void year, and by doing those two things, they created $11.92 million in cap space. So now the Giants are compliant with the cap space that they needed to be in by, I believe, tomorrow at 4 p.m. So we can feel good about that. I'm not sure if... Part of the reasoning for that was that they plan to bring in some more veterans over the next few days. There is a potential that they do do that. But Shane has talked about having cap space throughout the year because of injuries. And if this giant season goes anything like it has in the past couple years, he is a smart guy making sure that we have the money for that because there is a potential that we need it. So overall, I think it was a great move by Shane. I'm glad that Leo agreed to do it. And I think Leo's going to have a monster year. So I just hope that this is a good omen for that. So that for now pretty much wraps it up with the news. There's been a couple other roster moves, but I feel like a lot of them were expected. And the only one that was quite a surprise was Blake. So I wanted to talk about that. So now let's move over to the unofficial roster because... There were a couple things that I saw on the depth chart that I thought were interesting. So let's start with the wide receivers. So here are our starters. We have Kenny Galladay, Wandale Robinson, and Kadarius Toney. Now that is a surprise to no one. I know a lot of people want to see Kenny Galladay pretty much not on the 53, but 
it's not going to happen. He's going to be in there unless he gets injured. He might, for all we know, just be as a decoy this year, but he needs to be on the field. And I hope he makes some plays. I hope he earns his $72 million contract. I would like to see him get 17 touchdowns this year. Is that wildly unreasonable? 100%. But he's going to be out there. So I'd like to see him actually do something helpful for the Giants. Now let's talk about the second string wide receivers. Behind these guys, we have David Sills, Richie James, and Sterling Shepard. Again, not really a surprise. The only thing that might be a a slight surprise to us and what I wanted to talk about in regards to the wide receivers is that the number three spot is Darius Slayton. And what I also think about this whole situation that's very interesting is that some of the media noted that the day before Blake was released, he was he had an excused reason to miss practice. And Darius Slayton had an excused reason to miss practice today. So there's some speculation going on that something similar is going to happen and Slayton is going to get cut. Now, the team did bring in a veteran wide receiver, Marcus Johnson, who is on the practice squad. Now, they have been adding and dropping wide receivers left and right. So I don't read anything from that situation into being the reason why Slayton could be replaced. Obviously, we know he's been super iffy during the preseason and during the regular season, he's dealt with some injury issues. You know, there's a whole slew of reasons. But what I think is the most interesting is the fact that it's actually written for all of us to read now. It is in front of our face now that he is in the third string and he is not, you know, David Sills and Richie James are ahead of him. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So um, let's go through this real quick. So right tackle Evan Neal behind him is Devery Hamilton and Tyre Phillips. Right guard is Mark Lewinsky, Ben Bredesen backup, Jack Anderson number three. Center, John Feliciano number one, Ben Bredesen number two. But then they have Ben Bredesen as the starting left guard with Joshua Azudu behind him and Tyre, Tyree Phillips um, behind him. So I, I don't even know if Bredesen's going to be ready to start on Sunday, so... Some of these things we have to take with a grain of salt because he's been out dealing with some arm injury. So I am not sure if he's back at practice today, but it's something that I'll stay on top of this week to see if he's going to be back and ready to start on Sunday. Because if he's not ready to start at left guard, then Joshua Zudo better be or else we're using this guy, Tyree Phillips. So that's interesting. Next up, left tackle Andrew Thomas. Obviously, Josh Zudo is behind him and Devery. Hamilton is number three. So moving along to running backs, one other thing that I thought was interesting as we go through this, Saquon, obviously number one, Matt Breida, obviously number two, Gary Brightwell is number three. And part of the reasoning for that is we'll get to it when we get to special teams is that he is listed as the kickoff returner. So I know that that was one of the reasons why he definitely edged out some of the other guys. He has the potential for special teams and for the running back position, which I think is huge for him. Behind him is Antonio Williams and then Chris Myrick, which I'm assuming they're going to use him in some sort of halfback or, yeah, probably a halfback situation. It'll be interesting, guys. I don't really know. Um, but he is listed there and not in the tight end section, which previously for the Giants, he has been used as a tight end. So keep an eye out for that on Sunday if he manages to get any playing time. So speaking of the tight ends, we have Daniel Bellinger as number one and Tanner Hudson as number two. 
I'm looking for big things from Daniel Bellinger. I'm excited to watch him this season, and I hope that he has a good good rookie year. Let's round out the off- offense with the one and only quarterback who, surprise, you guessed it, is Daniel Jones, followed by Tyrod Taylor. All right, let's move on to the defense now. So we have nose tackle or defensive end. We have Dexter Lawrence followed by Justin Ellis and DJ Davidson. Then defensive tackle, we have Leonard Williams followed by Nick Williams. Defensive end, we have Aziz Ojolari and then Jihad Ward behind him. Now Aziz is not so sure if he's going to play on Sunday. Both him and Thibodeau that we're going to get into in a second are out on the field today, but they were doing very minor drills. So Dable said it's going to be day-to-day. I don't know. Uh, From what I saw them doing at practice today, I would say there is a pretty confident no that they will not be playing on Sunday, which means Jihad Ward better step it up. Um, So next to those guys, we have our edge rushers. We have Thibodeau, O'Shane Zimenez, and Toman Fox, who I know a lot of us were pretty pumped to see make the roster. So Thibodeau's probably going to be out, which means O'Shane Zimenez better step up. Now, he's been doing a lot better this year, but again, it's preseason. I want to see him really, I mean, look like half of what Thibodeau could be, and that would be a good start for him. Let's move along to the linebackers. So middle linebacker, we have Tay Crowder as our starter. So I know he's had a really good camp and there was a lot of talk about, you know, what was going to happen with Blake being gone. And this is it, guys. Tay Crowder is our number one, followed by Micah McFadden and Carter Coughlin. Um, for the weak side linebacker, we have Austin Calitro, who had a really good preseason. And I know a lot of us were pretty pumped and excited to see him make the roster. So He's the starter, guys. Let's see what he's got. Behind him is Micah McFadden and then, and then Cam Brown. I do think we will see Micah McFadden. Um, I don't know how soon, but he's a rookie. So, you know, depending on how Crowder and Calitro go, he could be getting his uh, – could be getting some playing time this week. Moving along to um, left cornerback and right cornerback. So the left, we know this, our starter is Adoree Jackson, followed by Cordell Flott and then Nick McLeod. And then the right side cornerback, which I know is probably not super thrilling for a lot of us, is Aaron Robinson. He's the starter, guys. Um, And behind him is Cordell Flott and Justin Lane. Now, one thing that I noticed on this depth chart is it does not include Tony Jefferson. So as of right now, yes, Aaron Robinson is the starter, but it doesn't mean that by the time Sunday comes around that Tony Jefferson cannot outplace him for the starter. So again, another story that we'll be watching for this week. And then in the nickel spot, we have Darnay Holmes followed by Cordell Flott. And then our safeties are Julian Love, Dane Belton, Jason Pinnock, and Xavier McKinney. Now, Julian Love and Xavier McKinney are the starters. And then behind them both is Dane Bellin and Jason Pinnock. So I don't know if Bellin is going to be ready this week. So we might be seeing some of Jason Pinnock if, um, you know, if they decide to rotate him in, which obviously with Love and McKinney in there, I don't really see that happening unless there's some sort of injury, which everyone better start praying and knocking on wood right now that that does not happen. 
All right, last up, let's move along to special teams. No surprises here, pretty much. We have Casey Crater, um, Jamie Gillen as the kicker. We have Richie James as a punt returner, followed by Darnay Holmes, which was a little surprising to me because we have not really seen him done much of that. And he's a starter, so I'd like to see him not really do that um, and would hope to see Richie James kind of pick that up. The kickoff returner is Gary Brightwell, like we talked about, followed by Richie James. And then our kicker, of course, is the one and only Graham Gano, who is the best player on this team by far. <laughs> so that rounds it out for me. Um, I went through some of the things that I thought were a little surprising. You know, again, it's an unofficial depth chart and today's only Tuesday. So by the time Sunday rolls around, things could be looking different. I don't expect any major changes. I just expect a couple little things like we talked about Darius Leighton and we talked about Aziz and KT not being ready. Um, Dane Belton probably not being ready. There might be some changes on the O-line if Izudu and Ben Bredesen are not ready. So again, you know, from what it looks like today to what it looks like on Sunday could be a little bit different. Majority of it will probably stay the same. A lot of the starters we already knew were going to be starters well before this was even released. So with that being said, let's move along to the Titans preview. Okay, here it is. Week one, the Giants play the Titans this Sunday. And I have to say I'm surprised at the betting odds that I have seen so far. The Titans are only five and a half point favorites, which after them winning the AFC last year, only losing to the Bengals in the championship, they didn't lose a ton of players from what I've seen. They didn't have Derrick Henry for nine games out of the whole year, so him coming back is huge for them. I know they lost a, they lost AJ Brown and they lost um, their linebacker Harold Landry got put on IR. So yes, there's been some changes, but nothing major. So I don't know, guys. We have a chance <laughs> if we if it's less than a touchdown. I, you know, I feel a little more optimistic than I did maybe yesterday. So I hope you guys feel the same. So some of the betting odds when it came to Barkley and Jones, uh, Barkley, they had 58 and a half yards, which I think could go either way. If he has one good run in the first half where he can break out and go for 20, 30 yards, I think that'll set the pace for him and he'll go well beyond 58 and a half yards. But that all depends on how well our O-line looks tomorrow. And if we are still missing some of our starters due to injuries, could go either way. Let's talk about Jones. So they have him for going 229 and a half pass yards, 18 and a half rushing yards. Now, to me, that seems kind of low, but I'm, you know, it's week one. There's a new offense. There's a new O-line, a lot of changes being made. So they could go easy on this, especially knowing that they have Barkley and Brita and they can use Wandale in the run game if they want to. So I think I think they might play it safe with him and have him not run as much in the beginning, especially in week one. And, you know, not risk another injury because we all know that's not worth it. So we'll see. Um, they have the over-under being 43 and a half points. So that's the last thing I saw when it came to the betting aspect of things. So it'll be interesting, you guys. I haven't decided if, you're, if I'm going to make any bets yet for the Giants. I do use... DraftKings, which I hope you all use too. You can use promo code TPPN for first-time users. That is our Big Blue United promo code. 
and it's really easy to use. Um, I love DraftKings, but I will likely bet on other games because if I bet on the Giants on top of just having to watch them as a fan and be stressed, I don't want to put money on the line too. And my luck is I will bet that they will not win because I don't want to bet that they'll win because then they won't win. So to each of their own, you do whatever you want. I'm probably not going to. All that being said. So let's move on to how the Giants win this game. So obviously, the first and most important thing is they need to stop Derrick Henry. The Bengals, in the game that they won last year, the AFC Championships, they kept him to an average of three yards per carry. Now, prior to him getting injured, Derrick Henry, and missing nine games last year, his average was 4.3 yards per carry. So I feel confident in our line that they're going to be able to hold him. But what I don't feel confident in is the secondary. Because if he breaks through that line, is Aaron Robinson and his missed tackles going to get him? I don't feel very confident about that. I feel like Adoree Jackson is going to have a much better shot of getting to him and having guys like Love and McKinney back there make me feel more confident. But we need to stop him up front and behind the line of scrimmage if we want to keep, if we want to have a shot at winning this game. So that's the first thing. The second thing is they need to really put pressure on Tannehill. He threw 14 interceptions last year, which is the more that he's thrown, the most that he's thrown in the last two years. And he's missing AJ Brown. So without a stud wide receiver like that and having Derrick Henry, they're obviously going to resort to running the ball more. But if we can stop the run and if we can put pressure on Tannehill and not give him the option to throw the ball, whether it's to Henry or it's to some other wide receivers who've stepped up without A.J. Brown being there, we could have a shot. But to me, this game is going to rely more on the defense than the offense because we're going to have Tony back. We're going to have Saquon. The O-line's looking better, even if the O-line is mediocre compared to what it was last year and Jones has two seconds versus negative one second, what he had last year, I think the offense is going to make plays. I feel confident that they can move the ball down the field. I feel good that they're going to have everyone back, especially Shep. We're going to see a lot from Jones and Shep on Sunday, I think. And, you know, we have good running backs. So I feel better about that than I do about the defense. So I want to see the offense move the ball. I want to see them put up points. We need to put up at least 24 points at having a shot at this game. I'm not worried about Graham Gano. He will do just fine. But the offense needs to get the ball rolling. Maybe I'll bet on Kenny Galladay getting his first touchdown as a New York Giant. Wouldn't that be exciting? But we're going to need someone like him, some tall, you know, contested catch receiver out there. And he's not shown it to us, but he's got the opportunity and... I'd like to see him do it. And week one would be the perfect opportunity for him. So that's what I am thinking for the game on Sunday. I do expect to see more out of special teams than we have seen during the preseason. Now, I've mentioned this before, but McGahee has said that 
in preseason, obviously, there's no game, game planning. And there he played everyone on the roster, just like we were playing our third string receivers and running backs and all of that. He needed to get a feel of who was going to make the final 53 and who was actually going to be a special teams starter. So I expect to see Cam Brown, who is our, aside from Casey Kreider and Graham Gano, he is our best special teamer. So keep an eye out for him. I hope to see some good work from him on Sunday. He's been reliable and he has been a really good special teamer for the Giants for the last couple of years. And I don't think that that's going to change this year. So I'm excited to see what he can do. I'm excited to see this offense. We are going to see things that we have not seen. And I know it's only week one, so they're not going to whip out everything. But we're going to see what we have in Wandale Robinson. I know we didn't see a ton of him during preseason, obviously for injury issues. But, you know, between him and Saquon and Tony, we are going to see a very exciting offense. And I feel confident that this week, they're probably going to look a, li- a little bit better than the defense, which I will probably surprise a lot of people because historically in preseason, the defense has been way ahead of the offense. But since then, there's been a lot of changes. And Wink, we know, likes to blitz. And, you know, I don't know how prepared the secondary is to handle blitzing a hundred times every game. And that's something that I've talked about a lot recently too, is that the defense is going to be very exciting to watch. I have no doubt about that, but they are not going to come out week one guns blazing and tearing people up. I would love if they did. I would love it. But there's going to be some growing pains. And I know there's going to be growing pains with the offense, too. So I don't expect them to go out there and look perfect. I just expect them to look better than what we've seen in the last few years. And I think that they have all of the pieces and the tools pretty much ready for them to do that. So I'm excited. From now until Sunday at halftime, I'm going to remain optimistic. And I'm going to pray that no one else gets hurt because we have a good shot at beating the Titans. If we were playing them week five after playing teams like the Cowboys on Monday night, which can go either way, you know, we have, we're off to a good start and a fresh start. And there's no reason why we can't go in there and beat the Titans. They're not even a touchdown ahead as a favorite. So let's remain optimistic until then. And let's go Giants. Follow me at New York Giants Fangirl on Instagram and TikTok where I post daily. I will be posting all throughout the week and through the game on Sunday. Thank you for listening to my podcast. You can subscribe to Everything New York Giants on Apple and Spotify. I will talk to you guys next week after the Giants play the Titans and hopefully win.